Hi, this is Dr. Karen Becker. Join me for Cat Extravaganza Week from January 10th to the 16th to celebrate all things feline. We'll be featuring exclusive interviews from cat experts, a live Q&A, plus amazing daily giveaways. Please visit healthypets.mercola.com backslash cats for more information. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and joining me today for Cat Week Extravaganza is cat expert, Alice Chow, and she's joining me. We're going to talk about how we can maximize our home environment to make our kitties as healthy, happy, and not bored as possible. So Alice has graciously agreed to join me for Cat Week. Thank you, Alice, for your time today. I'm so excited to learn more about um, all that you do. You give amazing advice, and there's a lot to learn. But first, for our our listeners and readers that may not know about how you got into kitties, Alice, let's back up and talk a little bit about how you became so passionate about feline welfare. It actually all start by uh, one cat. And it wasn't even my cat. I wasn't the little girl who grew up loving animals, loving cats, that wasn't me. I didn't actually care about cat until I was 21. Hmm. And that's because I was in an exchange program in France for a summer and I was staying in a host family. And the father in that family was a vet. He's now retired, but at the time he had a very busy practice, country practice, and that family was very cat family. That's all they care about, like cat, cat, cat. And I didn't care much about animals at the time. And I was in the middle of France where they are like, you know, a country practice, like the animals, like horses and cows and things. And um, so I was staying in that house and you know the way people heard about this, that if you don't like cats, or if you don't care about cats, the cat will make a beeline and straight to you. Yes. Yeah, and that happened to me. So I, the cat was just following me around. And at the time, I didn't understand cats. So I was talking to my friend and said, why is this cat following me? I don't care about cats. But the cat did everything. Like He would sit on my lap. He would sleep with me, everything. So after one week, I was converted. <laughs> and I was like, this is amazing, this is lovely, this puppy yeah. soft little things. So since then, uh, after the summer, I went back to Hong Kong to finish my study and I just started reading about cats. And then I got my own cat once I graduated, I moved out, I had my place, I got my first cat, and then it never stopped. <laughs> and you know that the very first cat that you got, Alice, and first of all, I love these stories when people realize that they're animal people as adults. And it I've, I've heard this story a lot, especially um, from friends that I meet outside of the US where they didn't grow up in an environment. Maybe they grew up in a city and their parents and their parents and their grandparents and their great great, but no one ever had animals because of their living environment. So it's basically, it's a passion or a love that's in you that gets discovered whatever you have exposure to what you have fallen in love with. So in your situation, you met cats and you're like, oh my gosh, they're amazing. You got your own kitty. Did Alice, did that cat, your first cat have any behavior issues or no? Did you think, wow, this is amazing. Or did that first cat begin showing you that oftentimes it's up to us to be able to make accommodations for kitties in terms of behavior and lifestyle home management? Uh, 
actually my first cat uh he uh sadly passed away this new year's eve like the new year's eve passed oh. and uh, he has been with me for 18 years and traveled with me for three countries and he, he after i have been working with cats for 12 years now at this stage and i've seen over thousands of cats he is still the most difficult cat I've ever met oh. and he was my first cat imagine the challenge I have to do it and I didn't know anything about cat because remember I said I only discovered cat as an adult and I was just reading it up and it was before in case people younger audience don't remember it was before the way that we can look for information on internet like we can now I'm talking about like over 20 years ago and so I would just like sort of calling people who might know cats. So like calling friends that he's doing this, he's doing that, what's the story? And so I didn't know what I was doing. And I thought reading more and more about it. And then I realized, oh my God, there's so much into this. There's so much about animal behavior. And sometimes it's not about the animal has problem per se, because people mm -hmm. like to think that. Sometimes it's a misunderstanding. We mm -hmm. are sharing. Uh, living space together so we need to make accommodation the same way they also need to make accommodation to us it's a compromise and i'm here to help people how to find a happy compromise so that everyone can enjoy a great relationship with their feline friends and so would you say alice as you started asking you know as you started figuring out how to provide the best environment for your cat figuring out okay there's a problem how am i going to remedy it then people probably started calling you because you're the one with the cat and so if you have a cat you could offer advice did you end up offering cat advice and helping people figure out how to reduce stress in their home or create an environment that's healthy for their cats how did you morph into giving advice um mm. on on the topic yeah uh, a lot of people who know this Alice now find it very hard to imagine. I used to work in finance. <laughs> so I was working in finance. I was in the office, you know, very busy banking environment with corporate people. And uh, so, as you said, like the word started to go out that, oh, ask that woman, ask that Alice in that petition. And uh, she might know, because like all these cat people in the office start asking me questions. And I, because I, I, uh, I started to read a lot of books on cats. Uh, at the moment in my office, I, I have like over 100 like cat books on all things, cat behavior, grooming, everything. So people start to ask me questions and I realized, hold on a minute, maybe this is what I should do. So initially, because I actually got a reasonably good job at the time, and um, but I thought, you know, I don't need to quit that. I can just start a website and see what will happen. And then it turns out that loads of people start calling me and then I realize, oh my God, this might actually be my calling in life. And maybe I should start doing this. Maybe this is what I want to do. That's awesome. And so it started with the website there are a lot of people that do have misunderstanding with their cats there's also i believe a lot of people who can tell that their kitties are having stress but they don't know what to do maybe there's not a problem per se but i think there's a lot of people that say my gosh my cat's bored or i can tell yes. that my cat is agitated and they just don't know what what to do so let's let's walk through uh some of the top reasons people contact you like what what is the what is what's like a number one or two those are the most common things that people are seeking when they 
search you out and are looking for your advice. Is it more problematic or is it more, I'd like to create an enriched environment for my cat to prevent problems? Uh, actually, things have changed even during my career, uh, of my cat career uh, during this time. When I first started is mostly problems because people are only problem driven. When they see a problem, they're like, okay, I need to solve this. And uh, usually the if you talk to any cat behavior consultant, the figure is about the same because I check with other colleagues. Uh, we deal with about 50% of the time is literature related because mm -hmm. when cats uh, have anxiety, it shows up in the literature. So 50%, I, I used to joke about this saying if the kitties stop peeing outside the box, then I might have to find another job because this is like <laughs> out bread and butter is in a weird way. Yep. Um, the, so, so you should, uh, and at the beginning, most people are calling me for, um, you know, Palmer-related conversation. But things have changed in the past few years, I have to say. Uh, maybe, you know, with so much information out there, you know, on social media, on different video channels and things like that, I, I noticed a lot more people are asking for preventative advice because yeah. they are like, I don't want to have the problem. Why can't I learn about this now so that I'm not yep. going to have the problem? So which yeah. is good news for the uh, cat's welfare perspective? It's huge. And I love the fact that especially, I think COVID has also brought about um, people being home more so they can mm -hmm. see just, just how bored their cats are. They, I think that sometimes just being, having time and and creating the opportunities to really observe your cats, observe what they do, where they do it, how much they're doing. I think that COVID has provided an opportunity for people to see, you know what, there is room for improvement. I know that you're really passionate about creating a kind of a lower stress living space. Can we talk a little bit about or cat friendly homes? What does that mean to have a cat friendly home? Yes, there is actually a lot of misunderstanding about what is a suitable environment for cats. People thought that I have lots of love. I will give my cats time. I will pay the vet bills. I will buy the great food. I will buy the expensive beds, so on. But the thing is, cats don't care about the price tag. It's not that... It's not those things that they want. So what they want, what, what I like to call a cat-friendly home is that you need to look at your home environment from the cat's point of view. What does the cat like? The cat doesn't care about the colors of the bed, even though people are willing to spend money because there's so much love for the pets. So uh, there are five things, I call it the five pillars, where you can create uh, cat-friendly homes. So cats will like to have hiding places or high places. So basically they want to have, uh, they want to have the control that if they don't want to deal with something, they have a place to go away yeah. from it. And that's a very cat thing to do. Uh, very different than dogs because uh, cats is someone who will avoid the problem instead of yeah. dealing with the problem. And then uh, another thing I've noticed is a very, very common mistake um, is how you distribute the resources in the house. Hmm. A lot of people, they will, again, they will have fancy stuff, but very often I notice with my clients, they have a cat corner. 
They don't realize a cat actually don't necessarily prefer to have everything in the same place. But sometimes people even put like cat tree, cat litter, cat food, water, all in the same corner. They thought that, well, here's his little corner, how quaint. But actually cats prefer the resources distributed. This is particularly important if you have a multi-cat household to make sure that the resources are distributed. What I mean is sometimes I notice people, they might have all the football lineup and you might even see that on social media that they have cute little pictures with a line of football and a line of cats. But if you look at it carefully, you can see the cat's body language very often they very tense because no one wants to eat in a crowded space like that, particularly not cats. So they, they don't feel comfortable and then, you know, it's unnecessary anxiety. So the, uh, I would suggest people to look at your home to make sure, you know, how you distribute your resources, make sure it's not crowded, particularly when you have multiple cats. And then number three is super, super, super important. It might actually be the most important of it all is hunting opportunity, mm. particularly for cats who have no outdoor access. This go back to what we talked about, the cultural difference, because I know in Europe, people are more open to the idea of letting the cats out and run around. And in fairness, in North America, in some places, you, you shouldn't be doing that because you guys have wildlife. Uh, we don't have wildlife here. And the biggest wildlife we have is seagulls. So it's kind of okay. Um, so as a result, these cats don't have hunting opportunity and it's really in their blood, they, they want to hunt. Now, I'm not suggesting you give them to hunt something, but one of the good alternatives of hunting opportunities will be feeding puzzles. Mm -hmm. So if anyone wants to learn more about feeding puzzles, if you go on any social media platform and type in feeding puzzles, you will spend the whole day on it because there's so many DIY projects, fancy castles and things. Um, and it's amazing because what happened is that if you do a DIY thing, they're going to destroy it because they are, they are doing the hunting and torn it apart and stuff. And the next week you can make something else with, you know, even recycling uh, material and things like that. Very low cost, they cats honestly don't care about how much money you spend. Number four is human interaction. That's very, very important to have predictable human interaction mm -hmm. so that the cats know when they expect, they can expect to play with you when you're not available. Especially for those folks who are working from home right mm -hmm. now, having an established routine is super important, otherwise, they don't know you are on a call and they don't know when they can play with you. So they keep trying, yeah. they scream outside the door sometimes. You know, this is because they don't know a routine. They don't know what to expect. And the last one is very, very important as well, particularly now we are in a work from home culture is that if the cast is annoyed by something, they are allowed to leave. Mm, choice, yeah. Huge. Uh, um, by annoyed by something, sometimes you know, and stuff like that, and that might be very important for them to have the choice to leave if they don't want to be dealing with your exercising. Yeah, yeah. Don't you think, Alice, that just the the topic of choice? We just tend to not, we make all of our decisions for our cats and we tend to not give our kitties choice uh, really 
about anything. We pick their food. We pick what litter they're going to have. Then if there's problems, we think that it's the cat issue. But the, the fact is, it may be that we have selected inappropriately for them. And I think that we underestimate that we may not be making the right choices for them. And then that can lead to behavior problems, which is really just our kitty trying totally. to communicate with us, right? Exactly. It might just be a case that they're annoyed by something. It's very, very important to know that they are not being naughty because I, I hear that word all the time. They're not being naughty. They're not, you know, uh, jealous or playing revenge and things like that. That's not the kind of emotion they're experiencing. They are, there's something in the environment that they are not being able to make a choice that they would have liked. And they're trying to tell you that I, I can't do this. I'm, I'm not happy. I can't do this. I can't do this. What would you say to people that say that they're kitties? When you, when you were talking about um, being able to simulate prey or hunting or food, uh, interactive food toys. I've had so many clients say, oh, my cat would never do that. And I have a hard time convincing uh, them that all cats, kitties are predators and they may be lazy predators, but they are still foundationally a predator. So what is your, what is your best advice to people to say, oh, my cat won't do that. How do you, how do you give it all the time? Yeah. Yeah. So what do you say? I have that all the time. That's probably that's probably number one problem uh, troubleshooting questions people ask me is that I my cat won't do it. He's so lazy. Um, you need to adjust for your cat. If, for example, very often in people say that my cat don't do it, I ask them, "What are you doing? How, how are you doing it? Show me the picture. Show me on the video. I see a big bowl of food next to the puzzle. Yes. Now your cat is very smart." Why would he hunt if there's a free-for-all buffet next to it? Of course they won't do it. So you do need to lower your bowl feeding portion. And, you know, you adjust how far do you need to go down until it sparks the interest to your cat. And sometimes you might need to sort of train them into it for them to show, for them to see what this is about. And, you know, maybe even move the food around so that they are like, oh, something is moving. That's funny. So it, it's not going to magically happen overnight. There is a little bit of training involved. Yeah, exactly. And I think that because so many people do the all you can eat buffet, there's no motivation for kitties to do a lot of normal behaviors, just even going to look for food in different locations. If the bowl's always full and always mm. in the same place, it's predictable. So I think just recognizing that in the wild, kitties would never be able to go to the same place and have the same amount of food at the same time, day after day, that isn't even a natural feeding strategy, but it's easy for us. And so we tend to do that. But I think even mixing up where and how we feed kitties around the house can be really yes. very nurturing to their to their psyche. Totally. And it might be interesting for people to realize that we don't actually start doing this kind of bowl commercial food it down free like this is a super short time we have started doing this and we are nearly like expecting the cat will be enjoying this no they they're only learning this in the couple of hundred like only in the uh, few uh, decades 
and from an evolution point of view, they, they're not there yet to accept this. Yeah. And what about play? I think that play is something that is also could be miscommunicated to kitties or people mm. say, oh, my, my cat doesn't want to be, be, you know, I've tried to play with my cat and he or she doesn't want to play. What are your thoughts on that? Because I, I believe most of the time, the vast majority of cats aren't being played with in a way that that is tantalizing to them. It's not exciting to them. There's not a reason to engage, therefore mm. they don't engage. I mean, so how much of this is owner failure versus the cat just not being interested? Cats, are, as you mentioned before, cats are predators. They really want to hunt. If people, sometimes people come to me saying the same thing, like, you know, I uh, my cats don't like to play his very lazy and uh, he have never played his life and things like that that's very often because they're not understanding how to play with a cat i would ask them to show me how do they do that they just wave around like one uh, that's not how you trigger the cat for the hunting instinct because this kind of movement for example that's not how uh, naturally a prey would look like. Mm -hmm. So there are several things. Number one is your movement. You need to imitate the movement of a prey. So if it is you are imitating a mouse, you might have to do a little bit movement and stop, a little bit movement and stop. And then you might have to hide behind the sofa or something like that. So you need to like nearly think about what would a mouse do if yep. I have a mouse here. Number one. Number two is the choice of toys. You need to kind of figure out what your cats prefer because they are I noticed they're cats who are bird people they're cats who are mice people they're cats who might be snake people so you need to figure out what your cat prefer not all the cats are triggered by bird toys not all the cats are triggered by mice toys so you need to figure it out mm -hmm. and what about treats there I have some clients that say this whole mm. positive reinforcement thing, I can't find a treat that my cat likes. Are there some kitties that just are not? I mean, have you run into kitties that are just not treat kitties? Or it do you believe that there is possibly a treat out there for every kitty? We just need to unlock that kitty's interest in a specific treat. Yes, exactly. So I mean, they are cats who are more food driven and their cats were less food driven in fairness but from my experience even the cats who are less food driven there is something out there you just mm. have to try different options and uh what we call when you are doing training you need something that's high value that's motivating and you do need to find a special thing that motivates them so it's not just a normal trick you need to go out there you know that is the time that you need to uh maybe uh, get something luxury <laughs> yeah. And then, and then save that treat for only when you're treating, I think is the other thing. I think that sometimes my clients forget yes. that all of the treats that their kitties have previously eaten started out as high reward and their cats like them, but then they got them all the time. And then that desire for something new went away. So something yeah, like reserving special treats for just training moments is an important tip, I think as well. Yeah. 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 I so agree. What are you, um, what are you, aside from litter box crises, what's the second most common reason people call you, Alice, or email you? The second, the second most common has to be aggression. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, aggression in different ways. Aggression 
cat cat aggression, cat human aggression, or even sometimes cat dog aggression. So again, cats are not born to be aggressive. Is there's something in the environment that triggers them, something that makes them nervous to the point that they feel they need to attack. Because remember when I was talking about cat friendly home, the first line of actions for cats usually hiding. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they don't choose hiding and decided to confront something, it means that there's something in the environment that really, really bothered them. And again, it's not that because they're naughty and things like that, is you need to find out what is bothering them. Mm-hmm. And of course, sometimes, uh, as you know yourself, sometimes it might be a physical problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so we do need to... Can't jump yeah, we, we should jump in and say that... Um, Absolutely. How you start, if, you, if your kitty is exhibiting any symptom, behavior, physical, anything, you need to start with a veterinary exam and make sure that there's not a physical underlying medical reason for your cat's behavior. So we'll assume that, that a good physical exam with blood work, your analysis has been done to make sure that we're not dealing with subclinical pain or an underlying infection somewhere or discomfort in the kitty's body. Once your veterinarian has said, listen, your kitty's physically healthy, that's the time when a kitty behavioral consultant can be really valuable because a lot of times people do assume, Alice, that the kitty's just crabby or being a bad cat. Mm. And And what people don't realize is that their kitty is trying to communicate with them. And although it does feel like hostile aggression, that kitty's acting out because of an underlying reason. Do you ever see situations, Alice, where, um, well, I have to assume, of course, that the sooner people intervene with any type of behavior problem, the better. We have to stress that, that the longer you wait, the more difficult the situation Hopefully. can be. So the quicker that you can identify, okay, I'm seeing some stress, I'm going to contact someone, that's a very wise choice. Have you had situations for kitty to kitty aggression that you just have to, some kitties just can't get along, they just need to be separated? Yes. Uh, thankfully, it's not a huge amount. Like, uh, you know, from uh, my rough statistic in my practice, it's about 10% over the years that is absolutely like they need divorce, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, but uh, most of cat, we can come to, even though if they can be good friends, they might come to a tolerant arrangement yeah. where they, you know, they do their own thing is in the house. Uh, that would be usually how it comes up in the worst scenario. But as I said, like there are 10% of cats that just doesn't click at all. You know, very often it's just personality, cra- personality crash and we can't change someone's personality. There's not much yep. we can do. Yeah, yep. And I also think it's really, if people are listening, reading this and think, oh my gosh, you know, if you haven't tried behavioral interventions, you should. But I do think it's, it's wise to come to the honest conclusion that there are some relationships that you can't force your cats to be best friends and it's never going to happen. So you have to figure out a way to peacefully coexist, maybe with two different living situations. But I think that some people have tried so hard to force their cat to be friends, that actually the least stressful intervention is separating them. But I think that that's something that can, that those conclusions are best come to when you're working with a professional to work through the steps to see if there's not some logical way of 
finding peace in your home. Some, most of the time, as you mentioned, there is, but there are those occasions when you have to, you have to agree to amicably split them up and create different living zones as, because that's the best way to minimize stress in the house. Yes. And it's usually obviously very, um, you know, upsetting situations for a human who loved the cat so much and love all the cats so much and seeing that they can be friends is very often you know involve a lot of human skill from me as well to really you know listening to them the the the, the frustration the sadness and but at the end of the day we all want what's best for the cats so we yeah. need to come to sometimes unfortunately sad conclusion and alice knowing that when when the pandemic hit and we're all at home and our cats are like what are you doing here? You should be gone. And a lot of kitties <laughs> had stress because we invaded their home that, you know, obviously their kitties are regimented. They really like schedules. COVID threw a wrench in every house cat schedule. Kitties adapted to mom and dad being home and now mom and dad going back to work. What are you seeing in terms of anxiety about schedule changes or are you seeing anxiety with the schedule change yes definitely um in fact the the uh, there's so many more people contacting me during the pandemic uh, for consultation i was like come to a surprise there's any all these people coming out to me um Yes, they're all forms of anxiety because, you know, you're, we are making so much noise at home. I mean, the way we are talking now, even this interview, we are articulating that we probably wouldn't normally do that at home like this. So this kind of noise, and as I mentioned, like all these exercise at home and different classes at home that we normally wouldn't do. And the fact that we are always there and then the kids were always there, you know, during a period of time. And then the dogs might also be there all the time because the daycare is closed and things. So all these things are just so much. I'm seeing cats exhibiting like litter tray problem or hissing because they just want everyone to go away and hiding and things like that. Uh, so the solution is again, looking at your cat friendly home approach to make sure they place for them to hide their place for yeah. them to get away from it all so sometimes it might just be the spare room in the house if you're not able to do the spare room for the whole day even a few hours of them having their own personal space even two three hours i see drastic difference hmm that's a great tip so if you are in a really small confined space where it's difficult just giving giving your kitty time alone, like giving them a break, basically, is an important thing. Yeah. We need to be thinking about uh, how to create a sanctuary for our kitties in our home, like a kitty specific sanctuary in our home. Yes. If people live in big cities, they might be living in an apartment and they don't have spare rooms, then even, you know, just a uh, box or, you know, some form of things that they can just shut it down. Yeah. Yep. it will help drastically. And what are your thoughts on pheromones? Do you do you see mm. benefits using pheromones? Yes, uh, I do see results. Uh, but again, very often people have a common mistake is that they think they just plug in one thing and then it's magic 
you know, is magic and then things will happen. Uh, you need to know if you have big space, you do need to have enough plugins. Mm -hmm. And also you do need to know that it doesn't work for every single cat. Uh, it works for most cats, but some cats doesn't work. So yeah. people need to know this information. Yeah, that's good. Um, and Alice, if people are, if people wanted to come to you for preventive or proactive approaches, let's say that they have a kitty at home and they're contemplating introducing a new kitty, are you, do you work also proactively to prevent behavior problems from getting started? Yes. Uh, the request for preventatives Training has increased huge amounts since the pandemic. Uh, I'm not sure how it is in other countries, but I'm sure it's similar. In Ireland, uh, according to the statistic, there have been 30,000 more cat family since the pandemic. And we are only a population of 4 million. So like suddenly there are all these cat people. And dogs as well, dogs are 60,000 uh, more dog family in Ireland just over during the pandemic. So uh, obviously everyone in the industry is working very hard to help these people to uh, learn about how to care for the puppies, how to care for the cats and stuff. So uh, the request for preventative training has like gone up the roof. So yes, I do help people with preventative training. And so if they want to find out more about me, they can come to my website, alicecatexpert.com. That, that was exactly my next question, is if people wanted to find out more, uh, your website is the best place. Are you on social media too, Alice, or primarily website? I'm also on social media. So I'm on all things, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you can find all the links on my website, alicecatexpert.com. And uh, there is a Cat Friday Home Challenge worksheets for people to download. If you're wondering if your home pass. Going down to the worksheet, you'll find out your score. I love that. And I love that you're giving people tools to assess, you know, where they're at. I think a lot of times people, as you mentioned, they spend a lot of money and they assume that the amount of money they're spending is going to translate into their cat being happy. And that isn't, that isn't always the case. You can spend a lot of money and have a very unhappy or unhealthy kitty. So giving people tools and resources to be able to do some self-assessment is a really good gift. Alice, thank you so much for participating in my Cat Week extravaganza. We love that you have made it your life's work and your passion to help people have better relationships and provide better care to their cats. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.